Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. My guest today, Rick Keller, is here to tell parents about the things he wished he'd known in college and talk about his book, Chase the Bears, Little Things to Achieve Big Dreams. The book's about becoming the best version of yourself by using your gifts and taking chances that are aligned with your purpose. Keller guides readers to pursue their dreams and find happiness with tips and techniques to turn their aspirations and thoughts into reality. Former Congressman Rick Keller served eight years in the U.S. House of Representatives. He chaired the House Higher Education Subcommittee and served on the Judiciary and Education Committees. Today, he is an attorney, writer, humorist, motivational speaker, and television commentator. His TEDx talk, The Power of Self-Deprecating Humor, was the sixth most watched TEDx talk in the world in May 2022. Keller received his bachelor's degree from East Tennessee State University, where he graduated first in his class, and his law degree from Vanderbilt Law School. He lives in Winter Park, Florida with his wife, Lori, and their blended family. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family's safety is our top priority, and Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs, and U.S. News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Well, welcome, Rick. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing the show. Glad to be with you. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you here, and I enjoyed your book. We were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed you know, kind of what you're all about. So tell us maybe just a, a little bit about what led you to write the book, um, Chase the Bears. Well, I didn't meet my dad till I was 14 years old. And at that first meeting, he gave me a copy of this paperback book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I wasn't really quite ready to call him dad yet since I just met him, but I read that book six times over the next three years, and I was finally able to calm dad and was ready to put the secret formula of this book to a test. And I set a goal to graduate first in my class in college, even though I was only at the time a mediocre high school student. And that goal happened. And then I set a goal to get elected to the United States Congress, and that happened. And years later, I looked back and I thought, man, what if I could write a book that would change young people's lives just like that book changed mine and, and share this secret formula, but put it in modern day examples with lots of girl power stories and people that they could relate to. And I, I shared a draft with my 14 year old daughter and she's like, I love it. dad." And so Aww. I ended up writing it for that reason and trying to connect with my daughter and people her age and got a book deal and, and was, was thrilled to be able to, to make that dream a reality. That's great. If your 14 year old daughter loved it, then that's a, really a ringing endorsement. <laughs> It, it is, yeah, because I tried to get her to read um, Think and Grow Rich, and she says, I can't relate, Dad, all these old, rich, white guys trying to get you know, wealthy in the 1800s. I don't know who they are, and I don't care about being wealthy. I just want to achieve some of my own goals. And so Aww. I was like, well, you know, let me let me write something you can relate. And I tried to also throw in a lot of humor to make it easy to read and put some inspirational stories in there. Yes, so, it's very know. humorous, and you put a lot of the examples I can see where she could maybe relate to. You know, you put a lot of examples of people, you know, now, you know, current. Sure. So so definitely, it's great. It's great. Well, we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, I want people to read the book, but 
what are some things that you wish that you knew that you learned in college? Some things that you want your, you know, your daughter, for example, to know? I would say the number one most important thing is I'd want my daughter and others to know is that you need to use your gifts, your, your unique talent or special skill. And your gift is the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. And if you stay in your lane and use your gifts and you're using them for greater good, you might stumble, but you will never fail. You, you're going to make it. And that's the most important thing. And and when people want to know, well, what what is my gift? It's, it's the thing that you do the best with the least amount of effort, the thing you love doing, the thing you're great at. And when you do this, you feel like you're about a six on a scale of one to 10. And an hour later, you feel like a 10 and time flies by. And it's the thing you would do for free. It's the thing people associate you with. It's the thing you would do if you knew for sure you couldn't fail. And whatever that thing is, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's going to make your life so much easier and, and so much happier. So that's number one. Number two, I want people to trust their intuition. I think I trust my intuition, no matter how unconventional or unpopular it seems. Oprah trust hers. Steve Jobs trusted his. I think it's incredibly, incredibly important to listen to your, your GPS guidance system. Uh, third big thing is uh, I think you need to be able to take chances. And I don't mean crazy chances like evil Knievel jump in the Snake River <laughs> Canyon. I mean, baby step educated risk that are aligned with your purpose. And I think those are the top three things. And there's others about how to overcome failure and not taking yourself too mm -hmm. seriously. But the, but the big ticket items, use your gifts, trust your intuition and take some chances. Those are great. And so thinking about using your gifts, as I was reading your book and reading that part, it just kind of made me think of, I think that, like you said, it's, it, people say, well, I don't know what are, what are my gifts? What are, and I love that your, your explanation was so simple, but it's so true and real, whatever you, it's like kind of effortless, right? Like that you're really good at it without having to force it or try. I, I think that some kids and maybe the parents too, maybe you want other gifts. You wish you had other gifts. Um, so you try to maybe force it. Yeah, I know. And I'm able to write about it because I made that mistake myself. You know, when I went to college, I wanted mom and dad to be proud of me. And so I, I knew they thought it'd be cool if they could say my son, the doctor. And so I was mm -hmm. a pre-med pre student. And even though I really don't like or care for science, I still graduated number one in my class and had A's in organic chemistry and physics. But when I volunteered at the hospital my senior year, I freaking hated it, everything about it. I don't like the sight of blood. I don't like the cranky patients, the smell of it. And my natural gifts are, are public speaking and communicating. And so I had a really tough decision. Do I follow my logic and go to med school or do I trust my intuition and, and go into law and politics? And uh, it was complicated right. because my girlfriend at the time, who's now a doctor, wanted me to go to med school and she'd handed me the stethoscope. And on the stethoscope, as my graduation gift, she'd engrave my name, Rick Keller, on there. Oh, no. So I was like, <laughs> my God, not only is Rachel going to have to get a new boyfriend, she's got to find another guy named Rick Keller, you know? So it's, I almost totally. let a stethoscope. So yeah. that stethoscope. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I almost let that stupid stethoscope, you know, to determine my future, but I oh, use it to follow funny. my, uh, my own heart and, and all the yeah. doors open after that. Do you think that sometimes parents, um, and I think it's, it comes out of a, a good place, a place of love, but when the kid comes and says, you know, uh, I, I really, this is, I think that I want to do this or following their intuition <clears throat> that the parent, like you said, you want your parents to be proud of you, be a doctor. Sometimes it's, it's out of love usually, but 
they just want to steer them in a different way. I know, especially maybe if it's like maybe a more artistic kind of path or something where the, the parents might think, oh my gosh, they're not going to really make any money or get a job. So kind of try to steer that them happens away every day. from what the kids, yeah. Yeah, my, my own wife is a good example. You know, she went to the University of Florida and and, and graduated and had this great job up at uh, Procter & Gamble and um, your neck of the woods and, uh, and <laughs> was there for four years and had a, a phenomenal promotional opportunity and, and health insurance and a company car. And, and she just, her intuition said, I need to go overseas. I, I need to get an international experience. And her parents never even had a passport and they thought, you're crazy to give up such a safe, secure job. But her intuition told her to do it. So she moved to Amsterdam and got this international experience. And <laughs> weird, she became the voice of, of TomTom, which is sort of the, the predecessor for, for MapQuest and Google Maps. <laughs> and after a few years, she decided she was ready for the next chapter. And she applied to Harvard Business School. And they thought it was so unique that she had trusted her intuition and gained this international experience that she got accepted and became a rock star in the business world. And it all flowed from that one decision of trusting her intuition and her parents love her very much and still do, but they were like, Ooh, that's risky. And that's, that's not the safe logical path, but she was bold enough to trust her intuition. And I think that's my message to young people. Trust, trust your intuition. You, you know what you're good at. You know what, what dream you have in your heart, follow that thing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And and it's not saying, you know, go against your parents necessarily or, you know, but but obviously you have that conversation and and I think a lot of parents once they maybe would listen and hear their heart and, you know, their intuition can get on board. But it's scary. I'm sure your wife's parents were like, "Oh my gosh, you know, she's just going to go overseas." And you said they hadn't even had passports, so that that had to be scary to them and just, you know, they're worried about her. Um and that's normal, but that your wife was able to just like you said, follow her intuition. And then it worked out, you know, amazingly for her. That's, that's a great, and that's a great story. And I, I did, I remember reading that um, in your book about her and I was like, oh, that, that's a really great story. Um, so yeah, trusting your intuition. Sometimes I think you try to maybe kind of fight that intuition or, you know, some kids might think, you know, yes, I, I have this, you know, gnawing at me. I have this, you know, it's your intuition, but it, it isn't the safe, easy route, or I'm not sure, you know, a lot of kids are afraid, especially now, I think more than ever, afraid of failure. So we just kind of take the easy route. So that might be maybe not the easiest route, but I, I have this thing, but I might not succeed at it. Well, here's the thing. I think you're right. I think fear is what holds people back. Are, are people going to laugh at us? Are we going to get rejected? Are, are we going to fail? Are we going to get our heart broken? And the, the two things I would say in terms of overcoming your fear, first and foremost, pick something that's within your gifts because that long term is going to work out for you. And the second thing, take educated baby steps. And to give you a practical example, I was just a mediocre student in high school, but I had this goal going to my college, East Tennessee State University, that I was going to graduate number one in my class. And so my first semester, I didn't take organic chemistry and calculus and physics. I took badminton and softball and sociology and public speaking, the easiest possible classes for me and a light load. And by getting A's in that, it boosted my confidence. And the next semester was also pretty easy. But instead of regular public speaking, advanced public speaking. And then as the years went on, I slowly built up to organic chemistry and physics. But that's what I'm advocating here. Educated baby step 
risk. If, if you got to lose a hundred pounds in a year, don't, don't worry about that. Let's worry about two pounds over the next two or three weeks. If let's worry about, if you want to get A's in school, let's do the easy semester first, just the baby step risk. Because at the end of the day, I stood on stage and graduated at valedictorian, but it really wasn't a big victory. What it really was, was just a chain of small victories put together. And that's what life is all about. I like that. And that's great advice, you know, for kids, high school, college, and even for the parents to to keep in mind, just let them have them succeed at those baby steps. And I think once they see some success, you know, like you said, yours was a combination of all those little baby successes. And I really like that. Get some easy classes. And that's not, that's not taking the easy way out. That's getting that done, getting some success, taking the baby steps, and then moving on to bigger. Absolutely. And, and staying in your lane, like my favorite example, um, is a lady who was a a single mom and she's 29 years old and she's on welfare and she writes this book and she believes in herself, but doesn't have really a prayer uh, of getting a big deal. And the first publisher rejected her, the second one rejected her 12 in a row to said, this is, this is not going to make it. And the name of that book is, is Harry Potter. And uh, J.K. Yes. Rowling is is a billionaire now, but she stayed in her lane, and she knew she was a good writer. She knew she had a story to tell, and so she didn't let the critics um, jack her up there. And that's the key thing. She took these little steps. She stayed in her lane and made it happen. If you go out of your lane, for example, uh, Albert Einstein is a Nobel Prize winning physicist. If he instead of Instead of going into science, if he said, you know what, I think I'm going to be a professional bull rider, he would have landed on his butt in eight seconds. He's not made to be a bull rider. Mm -hmm. Kelly Clarkson's not made to work at her dad's accounting firm. We have gifts. Use those gifts. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that's a great message for parents too. To it's okay. Yeah, you're saying this and you're talking about staying in your lane. It makes me always think about, you know, American Idol or shows like that, especially back in the day with those where you know, these, these kids get on there, these people, and it's like, wow, they're terrible. <laughs> and I would be too if I went on there. But the difference is I know it, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah. um, you know, so someone, no one, and I always think, where are their people? Where, where, are, their fam- where are their family members? Where are their friends to tell them, uh, you know, uh, and I, somewhere along the way, I don't think this is, you know, this isn't staying in your lane. Let's find out what your gifts truly are because this isn't it. Even if you w- would want it to be, I wish I could sing, but I can't. And that's okay. <laughs> so right. I have other gifts. Um, Absolutely. So I think that. And I'm yeah, a parent. I have, I have five children and then uh, my, my, we have a blended family. My wife has two boys, so seven total. And this may be a little politically incorrect or controversial, but I don't believe in fixing flaws. I, I believe in taking your strengths and macking it out. So for example, if I had a child and I was captain of my football team, but he didn't have athletic skills, but he likes ballet, I'm going to get him the world's best ballet coach. I, I want I want him or her to take whatever their gift is and mack it out because I think that's where their self-confidence is going to come from. That's where their happiness is going to come from. That's going to be transferable. So take whatever your kid has and help them be the best version of that. Don't try to convert them into something that, that maybe you would want to do, you know? Right. I was just going to say not what you might want them to, to be good at or want them to, to do because that may not be their gift. Maybe it is and that's great, but if it isn't, that's okay. And I think they really need to know that that's okay. You're not disappointed. You don't wish they were someone else or wish they had, you know, other gifts or talents. 
we're going to go with the talents and gifts that you have and I'm going to be your biggest supporter. Yeah. I mean, if my kid was in the band, I don't know how to play musical instruments. I can't sing. But if my kid was in the band and they're especially good at playing the flute or clarinet or whatever, drums, the worst thing I could do is say, I want you to be like me and let's, let's try to play football and we can make you a quarterback and you can be like right. Tom Brady and we're going to get you a coach. And like, that'd be horrible. It'd just be a disaster. Right. Like, we, yeah, I don't want to yeah. do that. I want to be in the That's band. Right. That's right. <laughs> and then That's they think right. what, what, you're disappointed in me because I'm not this football player, but I really want to be in the band, but no, go to the band, go and cheer them on in the band. Um, if right. they're good at that, like you said, and what about, what have you learned about, what would you want parents and young people to know about you have a lot about you know connecting the dots and networking and things like that i i would want them to encourage their their children especially if you're talking about a child who's decided to use their gifts and decided to stay in their lane and they're doing something for the greater good i would want parents to say to children there's going to be setbacks and it and it's okay that's just a part of the process don't let the setback stop you from pursuing your dreams because so many people who are successful all had setbacks along the way, but they all ended up making it because they, they kept going and were persistent in the area of their gifts. And I'll give you just a simple example. When I ran for the United States Congress in 2000, there were three very high profile races in the country. There was my race in Florida. There was future vice president, Mike Pence in Indiana, and there was a guy in Illinois. And I won and Pence won and the guy in Illinois got crushed. It was a humiliating blowout by 31 points. And I always wondered years later, whatever happened to that guy. And then one day I'm in the grocery store in the checkout line and I see him and he's smiling ear to ear as happy as can be on the cover of People magazine. And I thought, gosh, I guess he turned out all right. And his <laughs> name is Barack Obama. And that was the guy who failed, but he knew that he had his gifts of public speaking. And so he considered the setback just a little detour along the way. Life had bigger plans for him. And that's, I could give you so many examples like that of, of so many incredibly uh, high achieving people who all had little setbacks. I mean, Dr. King got a, a, Martin Luther King got a C in public speaking and Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. And Oprah was demoted from her TV job. They said she didn't have what it takes to make it in TV news. And the Beatles were rejected from their first record label. And Walt Disney was fired from his job for not being creative enough. I would want in each particular situation, their parent to say, you know, honey, you, you are gifted in this. You are going to be okay. Keep going, be encouraging. And long as you're being authentic and that they really are in the area of their gifts, I think that's the best thing you can do is be there to pick them up and, and boost their self-esteem and be encouraging. I agree. And not, if it is their, truly their gift, I'm glad you added that because not, you know, encouraging them if you no, no, keep going, you're the best when they're, they're just right. horrible at it. And there's no, you know, that's not going to happen. Yes. But if they truly are gifted and they are using their talents and they're, like you said, they're going to be setbacks. They're going to be setbacks. They're going to fail at things and that's okay. And I think a lot of parents today, especially, and again, it comes from a place of love, but want to fix everything for the students. And I've done some episodes on, you know, the helicopter parenting, lawnmower parenting, all those kind of things. And you just yes. want to fix them. So there's no discomfort um, at any point. Yeah. And I don't think that's the best way to go about things. I, I agree. I have, I have all great kids, but one particular daughter I have is especially high achieving. She's um, 
16 years old, captain of the cheerleaders, student council president, straight A's. The proudest I've ever been of her is when she failed. It was she had 103 degree temperature and she was the center flyer in her cheerleading competition and was it was on her almost on her deathbed and and the team was going to have to forfeit if she didn't perform and I, I carried her to the competition and she did her three minute routine and then I carried her back to the hotel and her team didn't won her, her team didn't win but I've, I've never been more proud of her I, I've never been more proud she was in the arena and she was trying and she didn't want to let her team down and that's how I feel ab about young people and parents we, we need to be encouraging and and she need, she needed to know that I, I've never been more proud of you. It's okay you didn't win or your team didn't win because you were in the arena and you did the best you could. And I, I think that's a positive role we can play as parents. Definitely. That's a great, that's a great story and a great example. And like you said, she's done all of these things, but that's a, a time where you can remember and you're feeling so proud about that. And 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 just to let her know that you don't have to be perfect at everything, but you, even yeah. though it sounds like she's pretty much she's pretty close, but the fact that she she just tried and she didn't want to let her team down and she persevered and all of these things that we want, you know, perseverance and resilience and the qualities that we want for our kids that she showed that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, one, one, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say one, one lady that I, w I told a story that most people haven't heard of her, but I was really proud, similar. It's a lady named uh, Jamie Kern Lima, and she started this makeup company out of uh, her living room because she had uh, severe rosacea skin problems. And she thought, well, what if there is this makeup that helped cover that? And she got some people to design it, and she went into business and for three years worked her butt off but had no success. And she got a little break when QVC offered her 10 minutes and they said, we're going to let you get on the air for 10 minutes and sell your little makeup compacts. But the twist is you got to sell at least 6,000 of them. And if you don't, you have to buy them back yourself. Oh. And so she got advice from these TV experts and they're, this is their one shot. And they all said the same thing, hire all these gorgeous 20 something year old models with perfect skin and have them put on this makeup to show how beautiful you can look. And it sounded like logical advice, but her intuition said, no, I'm, I don't think that's the way to go here. I, I want regular women to know that this is a product that, that can make you, you beautiful. And so she went on the air in that 10 minute segment with no makeup whatsoever and put it on herself in, in about 30 or 40 seconds. And I, I watched this, you can see it on YouTube. And at the end of that 10 minute segment, the, um, the 6,000 sold out sign popped up and she had sold out. And she ended up being invited back many, many times, 200 times in one year. And it caught the attention of L'Oreal, the biggest makeup company in the world. And they bought her company for over a billion dollars in cash. And she wrote a biography about it. And her point is it all came down to that one moment, that one decision where she trusted her intuition when the whole company was at stake. And I think it's a perfect example for young ladies and, and young men to to realize if you trust your intuition and, and you really believe in it, things are going to work out okay long term. It's a great story. That's exciting. You know, yeah, as you were telling it, I was like, oh, that was, I was so glad that she, obviously she's glad she did that too. But yeah, that one decision and she just had that gnawing, you know, probably her intuition. She's like, no, that's not, that's not me. That's not what I'm about. Even against the advice. And that's a great, that's a great example. What do you, what do you think, what's your take on, you know, mentors and sponsors? You talk about that in the book. 
I think they're both um, incredibly important. Uh, the, uh, the difference is a mentor gives you advice. A sponsor not only gives you advice, but they put their political capital on the line. They, they go to bat for you. And that's really what you need in life is a sponsor. So to give you an example, when I ran for Congress, I had one member of Congress said, I'll give you some advice. You should do this and you should do that. And another member of Congress, even though it was contested primary, says, I'm going to give you advice, but I'm going to endorse you. I'm going to raise money for you. I'm going to campaign for you. I'm going to tell other people to vote for you. I'm going to do everything in my power. And that's what got me over the edge. And so we need we need mentors. We need sponsors. And so I think if I was advising some young person who just graduated from college and they're working their butt off, I would say spend spend one less hour at your desk and one more hour developing relationships, especially with, with leaders and other folks who you admire who are going to be able to pull you up one day. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. There's no inventory shortage here. Test drive a new Mazda today. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And maintenance is no charge for one year. Plus, Mazda certified pre-owned vehicles with a balance of a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. U.S. News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Come experience our new retail Evolution dealership created solely with the customer in mind. We provide a premium experience that customers expect and deserve. Test drive a new Mazda today at your Mazda destination, the all-new Mazda of Kent, where my family shops for cars. MazdaKent.com, MazdaKent.com. Great, and that's great for kids to find that kind of sponsor type person. I like that you um, identified the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. But if someone, if if kids, young kids, you know, high school, college age, whatever it may be, can find that person, that's going to be a huge benefit, right? It's not just always so easy just to find that person. But I think a lot of people out there are willing to help young kids if they they see something in them, right? I, I think so. And I think if you're if you're setting your goal in the area of your gifts, what's amazing to me that I don't know why this happens, but I know it does happen, is that the universe is going to conspire to help you. And I'll, I'll give you an example of one sponsor that changed my life. I was 17 and wanted to go to college, but my mom was a single mom raising three kids. We didn't have any money and I wasn't going to be able to go. And she said, you know, talk to my boss. who was an 81-year-old president of the company because sometimes I tap up checks for the company and gives charitable contributions. So I went and talked to Mr. Overstreet and I said, I want to go to college so bad and I promise I'll graduate top of my class if you just give me a chance. And he said, I'm just the president of the company. I got to talk to the board of directors, come back on Tuesday afternoon. And I came back on Tuesday afternoon. I hadn't slept all day. I was so nervous and, and shaking. And he said, well, they met. And um, the answer is the company will not help you uh, go to college. And it's nothing personal. It's just that if they did that for you, they'd have to do that for every single employee. And the company's mm-hmm. not cut out for that. And I, my intuition just said, say thank you. And I said, thank you, Mr. Overstreet. You didn't have, you didn't have to do that. I tried. And so as I was talking, I just started crying. And tears started coming down my face because it hit me at that moment that I was going to, wasn't going to be going to college. And he said, the company couldn't put you through college, Rick. I didn't say that I couldn't. And he stroked the check 
and sent me to college. And four years later, I stood up on the stage number one in my class, and he lived just long enough to see me graduate from Vanderbilt Law School. And when I got elected, I dedicated my win to him, and I became chairman of the Higher Education Committee and used my time to help five and a half million poor kids go to college who otherwise couldn't go. So that one person's act of kindness literally impacted five and a half million people. He never did a press release, never took credit for it, anything. But that's an example of how a sponsor can change a person's life. And he, he doesn't even know the impact he had. And there's so many seeds that you're planting today that are helping people that we don't realize what a big impact it's going to have years down the road. That's, yeah, that's an amazing story. And I'm so glad he got to see that you graduate and, and he got to see some of your successes, obviously not all of the many of them, but um, that's a great story. And I think it's great. Also, what I love about it is that you had the gumption, the confidence, you know, whatever word you want to say to go and talk to him. Because I think a lot of kids, and I keep saying, especially now, but that that's just fitting I don't think a lot of kids would do that. I mean, I know a lot of kids that would do that, but, um, you know, they don't want to feel uncomfortable or no, that's going to be awkward. You know, that's what they say about everything. That's going to be an awkward situation. I don't, I don't want to do that or just kind of put myself out there or having to communicate face to face, you know, can I text him? <laughs> um, so I think the fact that you were able to do that and then also when you were rejected, probably your response, I'm going to guess, had something to do with then his response. You didn't, you know, whine about it or say, no, you can't, or that's a dumb rule or blah, blah. You know, you just simply said, okay, thank you. And I appreciate the time that you put into it. And it was genuine. And so that probably had some effect on his decision. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I, and yeah. I spent my whole life trying to, you know, pay it forward there. And when I think of young people, when I wrote this book, I'm imagining a single mom with a kid who wants to be something and they don't have rich friends or political connections. And so what made my book different than every other book in the last 85 years is rather than just tell you inspirational stories, I tell you how to do it. I give you a step-by-step formula, a three-step formula that involves how to set goals the smart way, repeating those goals through auto-suggestion, visualizing those goals to tell you exactly how to do it. So it's sort of like giving the slingshot to David so he can beat Goliath. And I don't have to guess about whether it works because it's worked in my own life and it's the same technique that Jim Carrey and Steve Harvey and all these other celebrities have used. And so I'm really optimistic that it's going to change people's lives and, and give them the ability to do it, give them the way that they can. By saying this goal over and over, it's sort of uh, weird, Miriam, but by three or four weeks into it, you start believing it. And when you start believing it, you start getting confident and then you start taking those baby step risks in the, in the area of your dreams. And then the universe conspires and, and things happen for you. That's great. And I, I was also raised by a single mom too. We didn't have any money or anything like that. And I just remember my mom always said to me, you are college material. You are college material. And even when I was younger, you know, I, I, or just, I wasn't really thinking about college yet or anything. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of, and then that just really stuck with me. And then as I got a little older and started thinking about my future, just her words the, of, of building my confidence and just instilling that in me that I actually was college material. It just, it really yes. made a difference in my life. I think so. And I think sometimes parents, they want to make sure that their 
kid is humble and, and modest. And so sometimes there's achievements and they kind of poke fun a little bit because they don't want you to, to go to your head. And I think the better approach, I would rather err on, on the side of kid uh, having high self-esteem and high confidence and, and boost those moments up. Don't worry. There's, there's enough things in life that are going to happen. that are going to beat you down. You, yeah, they'll we, be need humble. To, we need to be there. At, yeah. There's enough things to keep you humble. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk about uh, kind of my last thing I want to talk about. I mean, not that I want to just for time's sake, but about humor, because you do talk a lot about humor and that's, I love humor. I, you have to have a sense of humor. Um, you have to be able to, to laugh at yourself, not take yourself and life so seriously all the time. Um, so you talk about humor and humility and the self-deprecating humor and all that. So let's touch on that. I think if you can laugh at yourself and at life, you're going to be unstoppable. And of all the types of humor, I feel like self-deprecating humor is really your secret weapon because it relaxes people and it deflects criticism and it builds rapport. And so few people use it because you've been conditioned your whole life to put up this perfect image to the outside world. Fake it till you make it. Never let them see you sweat. Put your best foot forward. And the truth is exactly the opposite. The truth is that you connect with people by being vulnerable and authentic and real. And that's why I love self-deprecating humor. And so a good simple example would be Abraham Lincoln was running for political office. And one of his opponents in a debate made a nasty comment and called him two-faced. And Lincoln said, two-faced? If I had two faces, do you think I'd be wearing this one? And he connected with the crowd and, and the audience. And now that face is on uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And I can tell you that in, in my own political career, it, w it was launched, you know, because of, of self-deprecating humor at the right time. And it was like an American Idol for a politician's contest and all the other people were serious. <laughs> and I told a lighthearted joke and it, it changed my life. And next thing I knew, I was a congressman. So I think it's a secret weapon that's that's very seldom used. And you don't have to be the funniest person in the room or a member of Congress or a president. All you have to do is be the best authentic version of yourself and be willing to poke fun of yourself and not take yourself too seriously. That's great advice. I love that. Just be your authentic self and be willing. Don't take yourself too seriously and kind of, you know, be able to laugh at yourself. And I, that's great advice. It's great advice for kids of all ages. Great advice for parents, right? I think sometimes just the daily, you know, grind and the stresses and everything can just kind of can, some people can kind of lose their humor a bit. So I think that really just makes a difference just in the daily, even just the daily stresses, not to mention, you know, your future and, and the goals and things like that. Now, how can listeners find, connect you, connect with you, find you and find your book? You can find me at rickkeller.net. So it's rickkeller.net and my book, Chase the Bears, Little Things to Achieve Big Dreams. You can get it from my website or you can get it from Amazon or any place books are sold, Barnes and Noble, whatever. Um, a lot of people get Amazon these days, but um, order through my website, rickkeller.net. But love for you guys to, to get it and read it. And I'm my dream, my vision really is I want to make this the go-to graduation gift uh, mm -hmm. for students graduating college and high school because I think it, it has the potential to, to change their lives. That'd be a great gift. It's a great book. I did read it and I really enjoyed it. I have my autographed copy, so no one can be jealous, but I'm keeping this one. Um, so I really enjoyed having you on, really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, Miriam. Been a pleasure. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family safety is our top priority. 
And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And U.S. News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.